Hello and welcome to the Tech Geek Podcast. I am Sukriti Adhwanshi, your host for this episode. And today I am here in a conversation that is one of the trending topics in the technology market. That is the cloud computing. So as we all know, the cloud computing is one of the most demanding and rapidly growing career domains. Statistically, near 90% of the companies across the world are already on the cloud. and the global public cloud computing market is all set to cross 350 billion dollars by 2021 a career in cloud computing may range from developers and architects to data scientists and network security professionals and more these require specific sub specializations but many of us are clueless regarding how to build a career in the cloud computing domain to have a better understanding of how one can build a career in the data storage and cloud technology i have met you ustwin the chief technology officer asia pacific in japan from pure storage matthew is a member of the global cto organization at pure that helps empower pure's customers to reach the new heights of capability and efficiency in their organization as well as guide them in their journey to future technologies he has deep experience in working closely with customers in the region across a range of technologies welcome to the show matthew i'm truly excited to have you with us here today Thank you very much for me uh, for having me on today. Okay, so I'm looking forward to some uh, insightful conversation, Matthew. I'll begin with the first question. Uh, in 2021, every programmer, software engineer, data scientist, and even project manager should know about containers and tools like Docker and Kubernetes. Are these still essential to bag a lucrative IT job? Well, you know, there's there's no absolutes when it comes to to defining skills for a, a lucrative job, uh, but I do give a lot of advice to people uh, around what kind of competencies are required to stay relevant in the job market, and Kubernetes features really heavily in that because it's a foundational technology that's growing very rapidly. Uh, we're seeing it uh, as a, a necessary component to balance out the Uh, the the CVs, if, if you will, of of job seekers. Now, I was talking to a a forty year old IT worker, um, and his career had plateaued, and he was stuck in a job where there was very little growth. Uh, his skills had become somewhat antiquated, and you know the first piece of advice that I gave him was to do a course in microservices, to do a course in containers to try and stay relevant. And, And that advice that I gave to him would be the same advice that I would give to a new graduate that's coming out of a university. Uh, while you may have excellent theoretical competencies and theoretical skills, uh, you do need to make sure that you've got the applied components as well. And we know we know that there is a big demand in the marketplace at the moment for organisations that want to move down this microservices path. And the foundational technology there, of course. Is Kubernetes. So I think it's a really important skill if you want to remain relevant, not just today, but have a relevant skill uh, that's going to be useful in the next coming years. Lovely. So cybersecurity is an in-demand area in technology, Matthew. What kind of skills do employees need to equip themselves with to stay ahead of the competition? You know, you're absolutely right. And when I started my career in IT. Security was an afterthought, but today security is a fundamental conversation that we have in our organisation on a daily basis. I talk to customers every day, and every day security features very heavily. But more importantly, security has also elevated itself up beyond the IT organisation to the CEO level, up to the board of directors, 
Uh, everybody asks the question of security. So it's really important that irrespective of your function within the IT organization, they really understand security. And if you're gonna understand security, you need to understand the IT landscape. You need to know all of the component pieces that reside within your organization. So that can be things like, especially a network router, for example, that's a point that is often going to be attacked, uh, firewalls and switches, but also operating systems, and databases. And you're probably gonna to have to understand some programming languages as well, uh, because these are the types of vector that are used by hackers to try and penetrate an organization. And so if we're gonna build on that concept of having broad-based knowledge uh, when it comes to security, then you probably should understand things like web applications and the security applications and practices that wrap around that. You know, things like logging and naming and access management protocols, etc. Uh, but the final piece of advice is to just understand security, understand an attack, uh, understand the mindset of the different types of, of threat that your organization could be placed upon. Because when you get into the mind of the, the black hat, the black hat hacker, uh, you're better able to prepare and defend against the type of attack that they might use. It could be anything from a ransomware attack uh, and beyond. So, uh, you know, if you want to become um, savvy and have relevant job skills around security, then it's really important that you become something of a generalist and understand all of those component pieces that make up an IT organization. Very well said, uh, Matthew. I couldn't agree more to this. Uh, moving on to the next one. Uh, should ID professionals and students who plan to enter the job market in 2022 start upskilling themselves in the multiple areas of expertise instead of focusing on one particular area? What are your thoughts on this? I actually think about it quite a bit. Uh, and, and I think there's really two schools of thought on the matter. And the first school of thought says that in order to be truly useful, you have to master one craft. And there's this famous Bruce Lee quote that I think about. And he said, I fear not the man who's practiced 10,000 kicks once, but I fear the man who's practiced one kick 10,000 times. And there's obviously uh, the credence there that if you specialize, if you become very good at one particular thing, then of course you're going to be deeply useful to a multitude of organizations. But there's a second school of thought with all of this as well. And that says that technology, you know, it becomes obsolete very quickly. And you've got to ensure that you've got broad skills that are applicable to a multitude of different areas, because that's going to give you longevity uh, in a given field. So here's my view. Right? Uh, my view is that if you're starting your career, you should start off with a specialty. You've probably left university, you've done a particular type of study, become good at that one thing, become very useful. But what you will find is that as you go up inside an organization, your area of responsibility is going to increase. And as that increases, you're going to have to have domain knowledge that expands beyond your core area of focus. And of course, once you become a CTO like myself or a CIO, uh, then you really do need to be something of a generalist to be able to understand all of the component features and technologies that reside within the complexity of an enterprise IT department. And I'll say this as a former industry analyst, some of the greatest thinkers 
in the field of IT are actually generalists. And they've got this panoramic view of what's occurring within the IT ecosystem. And this is very useful. It's useful because IT moves so fast, it blurs and blends into other areas where ordinarily it would not have. And if you're able to link disparate ideas and disparate technologies together, you can mix them and mash them together so that you can provide unique and innovative solutions for your own organization. So let me summarize. I, I'm trying to say here, if you're young and you're just starting your career, then absolutely specialize. But make sure that you don't just have a major, you've got a minor. And I think if you're midway through your career, you should definitely be thinking about broadening your horizons and whether that means studying a little bit more, undertaking different courses, so that you're able to round out your CV and become useful in a multitude of areas because life moves pretty fast for an IT worker, things can change pretty quickly, and it's imperative that we all stay relevant for our organisations. Okay, thank you for that. Uh, so while upskilling and reskilling are two, you know, not new concept in the market, they've taken on a new and a more pronounced sense of urgency during the pandemic. What are your views on this, Matthew? Yeah, I, I don't quite see it like that. I, I think that uh, it's really a job seekers market at the moment. Um, we're seeing a lot of high profile moves taking place. Uh, we know that it is very challenging uh, for many organizations, whether you're supply side like us or on the demand side of the equation to get skills and to get competencies. And I think globally, we would describe this as a skill shortage. And we know this is impacting the Indian marketplace today because the Indian marketplace, of course, participates in the global market. And all, uh, countries like you know, Australia, the United States, Europe, uh, look to talented uh, young engineers in India to be able to utilize them either from an outsource perspective or to eventually to bring them across so that they can uh, obviously be useful to, to those organizations. That puts a brain drain uh, on the Indian market and it puts a lot of pressure on the other side of the equation, uh, which is the businesses themselves. So this is all because there's a big shift that's occurring in the market at the moment. Uh, and that big shift is what I call from buying to building. Uh, in the past, the strategy for many organizations was just to buy solutions and aggregate them together. The school of thought today is that you shouldn't do that with everything. There's going to be core competencies that provide you with unique uh, competitive differentiation, if you will. And of course, that requires deep expertise and a lot of talent. And this is why we're seeing such a lot of pressure being applied uh, on the marketplaces to try and get uh, talented programmers, for example. It seems that every organization out there is trying to build an MVP. So you know, my view is that from a, 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 a staffing perspective, you know, if you're looking to, to hire, um, then absolutely you're going to have to, uh, to, have to probably spend more um, you're going to have to provide a better working uh, environment to attract the talent. And if you are the talent, um, then you should be very cautious about which organisation you go to. Don't just look at the top line salary, make sure that there are benefits, make sure that the organisation uh, has the, the right kind of working environment. You know, at Pure Storage, we're making sure that we are making key investments uh, to not just pay appropriate salaries, uh, but ensure the staff that we're putting into our Indian business 
are provided with all of the tools uh, and all of the uh, career growth potential uh, that's necessary to attract the right talent. All right. And the last one. Today, every business is powered by software and having a DevOps strategy is key to innovation and developer productivity. So how can we empower developers and accelerate time to the market? Yeah, so there's a multi-pronged approach to this, but my view is that we've got these scarce resources, um, which is the development teams, and we really want to make sure that we're extracting the value from the investment that we're making. And so it's imperative that we provide, uh, we provide the talent with the right tools um, because we want them to be efficient. Uh, we want to make sure that they're utilising their time appropriately. And if we don't give them the right platforms, if we don't give them the right software or infrastructure, uh, then they're not able to perform at their, uh, their full performance. Uh, there are many situations where I've seen organisations hiring data science teams, for example, and they've got some of the best algorithm creators in the marketplace, but they haven't been able to utilize these teams effectively because uh, every time the data science team puts a new batch in to train an, an AI, for example, they need to sit and wait sometimes weeks and months for the results of their work. Of course, if the organization had made equal investment in their infrastructure and their process uh, and in their software, um, then they would be able to better, better utilize those investments that, I've, that they've made. Um, so, you know, it's really around the identification and elimination of bottlenecks to ensure that the staff that we have inside our organizations are, are productive, uh, that they're not sitting around waiting, and that they're able to do the things that they were brought on board to do originally. Those were some fantastic details, Matthew. Thank you for bringing out in, you know, all of them in a superb manner. I'm sure these insights will help our audience gauge the right direction for their uh, career in the cloud domain. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Folks, thank you for listening to us. So I hope you enjoyed the show. Stay tuned for more such amazing podcast episodes on various technology topics with us on TechEgg. Thank you, everyone.